listening to Rough Thoughts, a podcast devoted to the Jesus of the Scriptures, His cosmos-shaking good news of the kingdom, and the Father's eternal purpose in Him. You will hear testimonies, stories of the God of all creation at work in ordinary lives. You'll be presented with the grace and truth in Jesus. Get ready for the adventure. Hey guys, this is John from Ruck Thoughts, and I have my awesome friend Luke Benjamin here, and he's here to represent Christ and to just tell a story. So before we get started, we're going to go ahead and pray, and then he's just going to share away. Uh, Want to go ahead and open this up in prayer, brother? Yes, sir. Let's pray, man. Hey, happy to awesome. be here. First and foremost, happy to be here, buddy. Let's pray. And thank you for joining me, brother. Yes, sir. God, we just thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for another day. And God, I pray as we have conversations, Jonathan and I, that you would guide our conversations. Dear God, we just thank you for the ability to enjoy each other, enjoy fitness, enjoy you. Dear God, you've given us yes, this life so that we can um, live for you. So God, I pray that mm -hmm. as we speak and as we have a conversation that somebody would be helped or hear something that will transform their hearts and minds and help them to see you in a more clear, loving light. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Bro, thank you so much for joining me, man. This is awesome. I've been been really looking forward to this uh, this talk, man. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Sorry it took so long, but I'm I'm just happy no, to be bro. Here. You know, good things take time, man. Mm. So um, so tell me, man. Uh, why don't you uh, just share whatever you want to share? Tell 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 us about a little bit about yourself, about you know um, where you're coming from, your story. Uh, anything you want to share, bro, and then whatever God puts on your heart hey, well, in the conversation. I mean, my story is a little um, different from most people. Uh, I wasn't born in America. I was born on the island of Jamaica. My dad's nice. a uh, my dad's a pastor, still is, mm -hmm. and he was pastoring in Jamaica um, for about seven years after I was born, and then after that we moved to the to the Cayman Islands. And so we lived in the Cayman Islands for about five, six years. And then after that, we moved to the Bahamas. And we lived there and pastored there for about two, three years. And then my, uh, my dad's mom, she was living in America at the time. And so she filed for us to uh, kind of like uh, what you did with your wife. Um, right. Yeah. So she filed for us to be in America. And so in 2001, mm -hmm. two, no, 2000, I came to America and uh, just jumped into the American culture. <laughs> I was in high school at the time, ninth grade. <laughs> it was a complete culture shock. And then a lot of times a lot, I, when I tell people, I came to America and a few months after that, 9-11 happened. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like a crazy, crazy time. Um, yep. Just so, so many different cultures, so many different experiences that um, we were thrusted into. But um, yeah, I mean, I I love my upbringing. My brother, I have a brother. He's a younger brother, four years younger than me, and we would just talk about it all the time. That man, like that experience, I think it opened our eyes and gave us experiences that many people don't have. We're able to see and and uh, look at different situations from a different light without any biases or baggages because we've been through so many different cultures that we we understand certain things a little more nuanced. And so right. I, I would not trade that upbringing at all for anything. But yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, there is one thing I don't like about that upbringing. I think with that upbringing, it, it's allowed me to detach from things really easily. 
So if I leave a place, I can easily forget a place. I can forget people, I can forget right. things because I'm so used to just picking up and leaving that mm -hmm. I, I, I don't have any feelings about leaving a place or, or moving. And my mm -hmm. wife, I'm, I'm married now for about, we're gonna, it's going to be um, 13 years. And she's, she was born and raised in the Bronx. And so she's lived in the same house for almost her entire life. So for her right. experience is completely different from mine. She's she's been in the same house for almost thirty years. She's had the same mm -hmm. friends. She's had she's lived in the same place, the same school. And for me, every two or three years, I feel this weird itch. Like, all right, it's time for me to move. Like, I, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta go because that's how I was brought up. But um, yeah, it was an interesting upbringing, man. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. It was it was really really cool. That's awesome. So, how would you say? Um... When 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 did you uh, when would you say you responded to the gospel? Was it really early? Um, was it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the Christian walk is one of those things where it's very specific to the individual. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm a pastor now. Uh, I went to yeah. I went to Bible school, and one of the one of the things in Bible school or one of the classes they were talking about the difference between certain people's uh, salvation experience. And so they yeah. gave an example of Billy Graham, like Billy Graham sure. remembered exactly what date, what time, when it yep. was, when he got saved. Yeah. But then his wife, she didn't know. She yep. was like, it was sometime in this period. And so yeah. the, the, the whole point of that is to a lot of people like to say, if you don't know the exact date or time, then you're not saved. But I don't, I don't, oh, no, I don't no. agree with that. I mean, for some people, it's a no, gradual thing, especially if you've been exactly. brought up within the Christian context. So um, yeah. that was my experience where my dad's a pastor, my mm -hmm. grandmother, my, which is my mom's mom, she's a pastor. In fact, she yeah. is a Bible school professor. Right. She actually taught my dad to be a pastor in Bible school before my dad met my mom. So wow. I was brought up in that lineage of just Christianity and pastors. And so I don't remember a specific time where I made that decision. But I do remember when I was about 13, I, I made the decision to get baptized. And so awesome. I, I remember always believing, always uh, growing mm -hmm. up in that household. And I think, man, there's this book, I think, called Allegiance, by, by Allegiance Alone, I think. It's by a guy. Yeah, Salvation by Allegiance Alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah Matthew Bates. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yep. He's talking about that salvation is you're pledging your allegiance. Um, yeah. A lot of times we we move to the experience, like well, I experienced this radical transformation. Right. But that can happen, but mm -hmm. it's more about pledging allegiance. And so, yep. I consider that that thirteenth birthday, at the time I decided to pledge my allegiance to follow mm -hmm. the faith, and that was in the Bahamas. And um, of course, you know, like every every not every but most Christian journeys, you know, you you slide away. Sometimes you fall back. I think that happened to me when I moved to America because the culture was so different. Um, it, re it really was a completely secular culture, which is different from the Bahamas, different from the Cayman Islands, different from Jamaica. I mean, in those places, like it was looked down upon not to go to church. But in America, mm -hmm. it's completely different. And then you come to an American high school where it's a completely yeah. vastly different culture. And so there's this whole you know hierarchy. There's all these different... Uh, different social structures and social circles and there's trying to fit in and trying to figure out where you land 
where it was different in Jamaica. Like you saw everyone, all your friends went to church. Everything was, you know, it was all about church. In America, it was completely different. There was the jocks, there was the stoners, there were all these different circles. And me coming in, not even in middle school, but coming into 10th grade, I was almost thrusted into the middle of this whole thing, trying to figure out, uh, figure out who I was, figure out where I landed. And unfortunately, I landed among the stoners. <laughs> That's where I landed. I landed among I landed among the people who would smoke weed and 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 just skip school. And so that right. period in my life, I kind of drifted away from God. Um, I wouldn't say away, but I just drifted away from from the, the cultural Christianity because I was trying to be somebody that I I wasn't. And um, yeah. God gave me a wake up call, man. I mean, I, I remember getting arrested for possession of marijuana and mm. the, the charges were dropped. I mean, it was dismissed. I didn't have to go to court or anything because the, the amount I had was so small that they just released me and there's nothing on my record, but just that experience alone of being in a jail cell. And it wasn't overnight. It was like probably three or four hours because I was arrested early in the day and they released me the same day. But just um, right. that experience alone, I felt like God was saying, yeah, if you keep on going down this path, this is where you're going to end up. And, and I know the Bible talks about how God disciplines his children. And yeah. I believe that was an act of discipline. It was an act yeah, to absolutely. show me like, look, this is what will happen. This is the road you're going on. This is where you'll end up if you keep on going down this road. And then after that, I mean, it, it's not a it's not a pretty uh, redemption story because after that time in jail, or yeah, in jail, I um I went out and I bought as much weed as I could, and I was like, this is gonna be my last hurrah, <laughs> and I I right. bought as much weed as I could and I smoked as much as I could, but for some reason I didn't get high, I didn't I didn't experience that experience that I was looking for, and. I just went home and I confessed everything to my dad and my mom and told them everything. And it was like a, a fresh new leaf, turning over a new leaf. Then I reached to God after that. And so uh, yeah, after that, man, just been uh, walking with God. And it hasn't been easy. You know, it hasn't been perfect, but you just keep on going. I mean, we're into fitness and, and diet. And so, you know, like with, with diet, right. you're going to mess up a day, but... Oh, yeah. That mess up doesn't mean that you're going to mess up for the entire year. You just exactly. <laughs> the next day you just get back on your diet, or even after that cheap meal, the next meal you start eating the uh, right. Yeah, and so that or like you say, you wake up late, you you don't miss you miss the morning, but you don't miss the exactly. day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so yeah. yeah, I think a lot of times we we prolong our period in that in that uh, that relapse when God is saying, mm -hmm. look, there's no condemnation in Christ. Like, just Amen. get back up, forget the former things and press on to what's yep. ahead. Just get up and get right back on it. I mean, the enemy, uh, the enemy, the devil, he would love to have you stay in that place of, of sadness and isolation because that's yep. when he gets you away from God. But yep. um, you, you, you run to God. I think I saw this quote uh, a few years ago, which says religion says, like, man, I messed up. My dad's going to kill me. Where a relationship with God says, man, I messed up. I got to call my dad. And there's yeah. two different responses to sin. And I think when you look at it from a relation standpoint, you realize, let me go right back to God immediately because that's where it's safe. That's my refuge. Like, that's where I get comfort. And you don't wallow in that mistake. So, yeah, I mean, the, the walk with God has been amazing. Like I said, it hasn't been perfect. You, you keep coming back to God. You keep getting refreshed. You keep getting renewed. And, uh, yeah, God will just continue to take you. Amen.
Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I can agree in my life. Uh, I, oh man. I mean, I think we can all say this, but like, I, I don't know anybody as bad as me, you know, and, and I, I don't know anybody as, who, who messes up as much as me. And, and yet every single day, every it, it's, his mercies are new every morning, but they're also for me, like I experience them. I'm, I experience his mercies new every moment, you know, like every moment, like, um, and if he has to remind me mm-hmm. that he loves me in a very tangible way, cause I'm so thick skulled and hard headed, he will, you know, and he has. And, um, and just recently, um, He's he's always been telling me, but yeah, through yeah. everything, through through the word, through people, through circumstances, through my wife, through everybody, and um, but just recently, because I'm so hard-headed and I and I, I struggle with assurance of salvation and historical trauma and it's you know etc cetera, etc. Cetera, um, it's just hard for me to accept love and hard for me to believe that anybody would really love me. So. Um, Oh, I believe it, Zoe. I, I know you love me. I know my wife loves me. I know God loves me now. But He has to remind me. Um, and one uh, one time, like it was a like less than a month ago, um, uh, He literally prompted a brother. Yeah. Oh, um. Oh, you gotta you gotta go to Maps, right? And then, oh, you're, oh, you're using Google Maps. Okay, so you're gonna go to Google Maps, and then there you go. You're gonna see the whole thing there. So. He literally prompted a brother, um, one of my friends, uh, Brandon, from, uh, he, he's, he, he's part of the DMM network with Lee and Stacy, uh, but he's in Missouri. He's, um, and uh, he, he basically just told, he told me, hey, God, he, okay. he said, he said, Abba wanted me to let you know that, that you're, he, Abba wanted me to let you know that he says you're okay and that he loves you. And then, bro, I broke down, man, when I heard that. I, I needed to hear that so bad. And it, it was just a, a good mm. reminder of what, yeah. what everybody's been telling me and what, what the word's been telling me and and what God's always telling me through everybody. But I just finally like listened and it stuck with me. And um, from, from that day, I, I haven't had this much assurance of salvation in my whole life. Like, you know, so anyway, God, yes, he, he will, he, he is our, he's a good father and, and he, he will, he will intervene and he will, and, and we, we, we shouldn't ever feel like we should run away from him when we, when we screw up. He should be the first one we run to, you know? So, yeah. Apologize if you hear Siri in the background. She's hel- or, or Google, she's helping us get back to, uh, get to the beach. No worries, um, no worries. But, um, yeah, so... So uh, from from that point, um, you know, if, if you can pick up where you left off in the story, so you you know you you, you confess right to your parents, you um and 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 they, obviously they forgive you, and um, so what what happens from that point on, if you don't mind picking up the story? Yeah, I mean with um, yeah after that, I mean I was close to I was after high school, I was um in college. And I just didn't know what to do with my life. I mean, I didn't know where I wanted to go. My mom's a nurse, and so she told me to think about getting into the medical field. And so I, there's a there's a uh, a degree called radiology technology, which is um, X-rays and stuff like that. So I got my degree in radiology technology. Started working in nice. the hospital. Uh, met my wife while I was in college. Um, she was a teacher, and as a side job, I was a teacher's assistant. 
and so I, I met her that way. And so we uh, we were dating then. Um, got married after I graduated from uh, from from college, and was just working, uh, working in the hospital, working in uh, uh, offices and vascular surgeons, and actually helping with with vascular surgeries with certain uh, with certain doctors. And um, Crystal, my wife, she heard from God prophetically. She said, "Look, I think God is going to call us for something." And it, it, during that time, my dad was um, in Orlando. He moved down to be a uh, pastor of the church, and we were in New York still. So they left or, uh, They left New York. They were in Orlando for about a year or two. And um, Crystal was like, yeah, I think that God is going to call us to do something. And probably like a week later, my dad called me and was like, hey, I don't know why, but I feel like God is telling me to ask you to be my young adult pastor. And so... Um, we believe that this is what God wanted us to do. And so we moved down to Orlando. I think that was in 2015. I was a young adult pastor there. Um, helped out with the youth, helped out with the praise and worship, um, was, was doing that. And during that time, I also went to college online, the Nazarene Bible College, and got my bachelor's in pastoral leadership. And so I, I had my degree, and I was working with my dad and was there for about three or four, four, four to five years. And we heard about a church in Jacksonville that needed a pastor. And this wasn't something I was looking for. I wasn't, my goal or my dream wasn't to be like a lead pastor or anything. Like I, that wasn't something I was in my mind. And so we heard about it. I didn't think anything of it. Um, and then a year passed and then we heard that that church still didn't have a pastor and they needed somebody and someone recommended me for it. And so uh, yeah, through a whole bunch of different circumstances, like God kind of opened the door for us to be the pastors here in Jacksonville. And so now I've been here for about uh, five years almost. Yeah, five years. And so we're here now. Wow. We're doing a replant, which is uh, where you shut the church down. You change the name. You change the vision. You, uh, you, you, you uh, just remodel and restructure the entire system of the church so that it's more outwardly focused, so that you're... You're, you're being a church for the community. And so we're in the middle right. of that process now. We're remodeling the building, and hopefully by uh, Easter of 2024, we'll be reopened with a new name, new vision, uh, new church for the community. And um, I believe God is going to do some amazing things through that replant. So that's where we are now. So long story short. <laughs> This is what I mean by real time, man. I just uh, I record on the fly. I edit on the fly. I mean, after we after all the recordings and all the all the fun stuff is happening, you know, when I go to edit, I just edit out all the craziness, and it sounds like nothing happened at all. You know, it sounds like it was just done in the studio because the software is really cool. It, it it it'll it'll make it sound professional even if it's not. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, um, I'm trying. I, I, I'm still very amateur at it, but you know, anyway. So getting back to what you were saying, so you, you, um, you, 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 you're reopening the church, um, and, uh, in 2024. And, uh, so if you don't mind sharing, so what's the, what's the vision that God gave you guys now? Like what's the, what's the, uh, the model for the church? Like, like what's, 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 what's different? Like, you know, if you don't mind sharing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think what was, they, sh they share with us. I think it's three to five reasons why churches die. And the first one is they're internally focused. Mm -hmm. The second one is, um, what was it? There's no, uh, there, no one lives in the community um, and they have no impact in the community. 
And so we're, what we want to do is we want to change that. So mm-hmm. one of the first things I did was my wife and I, we moved into the community that the church is nice. located. And so she got a job at the school that's maybe less than a mile away from the, from the church. Sure. And so we're able to now actually be in the community. Um, uh, we're actually doing pop-up VBSs where you go to the neighborhood and go to the community center or the apartment complex and you have VBS on their grounds. So instead wow. of trying to invite them to come to church, we go to sure. them and we bring church to them. Uh, we're, we're trying to be a church where the community feels loved and um, experiences that, that the, the refreshing love of Jesus. And so that's really the vision, is just to be a church for the community. I think before, the church was more focused on keeping the doors open and focusing on the people inside the building. And there's nothing wrong with that, but if that becomes your main priority, then you're just going to be focused on the people in the building, and then you isolate yourself from the community. And so our, our goal is to go out, to share the gospel, to be a light in that area, um, and to bring people to Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, it, it's uh, I, I like I like uh, I like what you're sharing. How how it, it's like it's just simple. You know, um, keep it simple. Yeah. You know, there's like the kiss principle. Keep it simple, stupid. Well, yeah. in um in the uh, in the DMM, it's that way too. It's like um, what is it? Uh, simple things multiply. Complicated things don't, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. yeah, I love that, bro. Because the, the more we try to like reinvent the wheel and, and spin many plates, it, it just it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's true. And I think um, the model that we're working with, because the way that this church is going to be restarted is um, there's a church here in Jacksonville that's a, a uh, local congregation. And our district superintendent of the Nazarene Church gave us the go ahead to now partner with this church here in Jacksonville. Awesome. And the church in Jacksonville, their model is to plant intercongregational churches. Mm-hmm. So they're not, they're non-denominational. They're, they've planted cool. two Baptist churches. We're going to be the Nazarene denomination that they plant. And the way that they plant is that you will apprentice with them for about a year. And anyone in that congregation that feels led by the Lord to leave, to mm-hmm. come with us, they'll actually leave, come with us and plant with us in the area that we're planting. And wow. so it's a it's a model that shares resources. We pool our resources together. We yeah. share it. We work together, and we're not like fighting each other for different people or fighting each other for the same pool. That we're working together to accomplish the vision of God. And one of the main things that this uh, model uh, focuses on is what we call uh, we value the table like, over the stages. And what that means is that basically. What happens on Sunday morning on the stage is great, but what we value more is the small groups uh, systems around the table. So basically similar to the DMM where meet around a meal, have, uh, have discussions, read the Bible, talk about it. This is where true, true growth actually happens. Sunday morning is a great gathering place where we get together and we worship together, but around the table is where true growth and Christian transformation can actually occur and discipleship can occur. And so that's why we say we value the table over the stages. And I love that about this model, which is one of the reasons why I was glad that this happened. Because um, before I met these guys, I was doing church in my home because the building is still uh, the building is under uh, demolition. And so we're doing right. church in my home. And I started to see that in the home, true transformation was happening a lot more than it was on a Sunday morning at the church. 
we we did the uh, the discipleship model where you read scripture, you look up, you look down, in, you look out, and you then ask the question, what am I going to do about this next week? And so it's a high accountability model, and we're reading mm-hmm. scripture, and everyone has a chance to speak and talk about, and the Holy Spirit gets to speak through everyone to, to speak about what the scripture means. And people were being transformed, people were growing, people wow. were obeying in a way wow. that didn't normally happen on a Sunday morning. And so... I was kind of like skeptical about jumping back into the regular Sunday model sure. until I met these guys where they value the table over the stages. So they value that small group setting over what happens on a Sunday morning. But right. you have both. And yeah. so I, I really love that about this group. And that's that's the vision for the church coming that we're going to have a bunch of different smaller groups that meet throughout the neighborhood that um, that fosters that growth, fosters that discipleship. And then on Sunday, we come together and worship together and celebrate. And then we go back out and disciple each other in those smaller groups. Now that, that, um, that, and so many things I want to like say about that, as, as to how that's awesome. Um, that's called, that's what Roy Moran calls hybrid church, where it's yeah. like, uh, you're, you're, you're bringing in the ancient DMM practice that uh, that Jesus did with his with his disciples and that the apostles practiced, <clears throat> but you're also incorporating you know modern like modern you know cultural church practices, but you're you're like you're melding them together and it, it becomes it, it becomes like something that's just awesome you know like where you have you have that you have you have um, collaboration you have uh, working you, you, side by side rather than fighting each other and it's just awesome and. That's what that's what we should see in the body of Christ. You should we should see all the denominations working together. That, that's how the world is going to know that God sent Jesus and that He loves us as much as He loves Jesus is by our love for one another and our working together, not our not our division and our strife and our doctrine. You know, like our, our doctrinal fights. You know. Yeah, I mean, and so that that's what's really cool about this model is that um, the the pastor who. Um, kind of brought it here. His his goal is to have intercongregational and interdenominational uh, collaboration, mm-hmm. and so it, it he's finding he's finding that certain denominations are easier to work with than others. Um, there are certain denominations because they're so strict, it's very hard to partner. Yeah, but that's why I'm I'm glad for the the direction and the leadership of the the district superintendent in the Nazarene denomination because. That's awesome. Yeah, within that, within this context, now we're able to now see if there's any differences theologically, um, work with that, and so have this partnership. I mean, one of the things that the pastor of the church here did was he changed some of his bylaws, which to enable the Nazarene church to enter in, and so wow. that just shows like real uh, kingdom-minded mindset. Yep. Where it's like, look, I'm not trying to hold on to my thing. I just, he says, I just understand that when you plant churches together that it creates stronger churches. And if there's a way that we can work together, if I have to change certain things, if I have to compromise on certain things, that's not um, essential to the gospel, but that you know I can change in my bylaws, I'm willing to do that so that we can plant interdenominationally and, and truly change the city of Jacksonville for Jesus. So it's a beautiful model, man. Amen. Bro, he, Jesus didn't die for denominations. He didn't die so we can be <laughs> fractured. You know, he didn't spill his blood. He didn't get tortured. He didn't endure the wrath of God so we can be um, fractured and so we can be divide, divided. He, he did it mm. 
he, he did it so he can have a bride, so he can have a wife, so God can have a family, so he can have a home. As uh, as Frank, my brother Frank Viola, so uh, adamantly yeah, yeah. Uh, emphasizes in his in his books and his teachings, uh, biblically that the, the eternal purpose of God. The, the Apostle Paul keeps hammering. Bro, are you still there? Hey, no. Hey, man. Yeah, yeah. I, the whole time, I, the whole time I could have heard you, and but I, I guess you couldn't hear me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we uh we entered a dead zone, so you froze, and I couldn't hear your end, and it was just frozen. So um, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit all that out and um, oh, and um, so yeah, basically, uh, I was just just to wrap up my thought that I was saying is yeah, you know Jesus died so we could be one, not so we could be fractured, and uh, that's mm -hmm. what I, I I really I really appreciate and I'm thankful for what you what your you know what what your uh, denomination is doing and in partnering with other denominations to uh to see god's vision um accomplished you know of, of, him, ha of him having a home uh a wife for his son and a family you know his eternal purpose yeah yeah it's big it's huge and i'm, I'm excited to see how we move forward uh, yeah just keep us in prayer man we're building a launch team now um trying to find people that uh Will, are willing to, to build. It's a little different. Um, one of the things that happened with the, the restart is that when we made the announcement and when we got the, the go-ahead to partner with this church, uh, some of the people left. And oh, wow. Yeah, it's one of those things where you realize that in order to build, you have to have a type of mindset. And some people just don't have that mindset. And it's okay. It's okay to know that you don't have that mindset. But what we're doing now is... We're trying to build a launch team so that we can have about 30 to 40 people for us to be ready to actually launch. So, um, yeah, if, maybe, hey, if you want to come move to Jacksonville. <laughs> no, that would be awesome. Would you ever consider moving to Jacksonville? Too far, right? <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we don't have, we have as good beaches as uh, as Fort Soto that you guys have. <laughs> yeah, well, we're actually in Zephyr Hills. That's where we live, so we're far from any beach. Um, but uh, oh, we, we okay. have to drive about an hour, an hour in any direction just to get to a beach. So, yeah. Oh, wow. But, um, no, we're, I mean, we're, we're, where God has us right now, we're, 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 it's amazing what God's doing here in Zephyr Hills. And so, you know, we're... We're collaborating with our church, and um, and we're I'm trying to introduce. Uh, it's just close to everything. We're we're we're, we're collaborating with our church, and uh, and trying to do some DMM stuff with our church. Uh, they're they're not a DMM, but they're, they're open to it, and they're actually yeah. wanting to see that happen. When I when I talked to the uh, pastors about it, especially the uh, associate pastor, and he was he's on fire. They're on fire, and. So just, I'm excited to see what the Lord does here, and um, but yeah, man, you know, God's putting God's putting His uh, His kingdom silos, His kingdom uh, cells everywhere, and it's just spreading, yeah. you know, like little embers, and um, and those embers will will set will set those uh, people um, on fire for His kingdom, uh, little by little. I mean, bro, it started with eleven, man, you know, and yeah, yeah. and exactly. and it spread globally, and it and it's almost we're almost to the point where the whole world is going to hear the gospel you know 
Every mm. single person is going to hear the gospel, and then Jesus is going to return. You know? So, that's what he said. Can you hear me? Oh, can you hear me? I, I, I can hear you. I, I, I'm seeing you, and I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were really, really close to that now. Absolutely. There's a delay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, and I think you're frozen now. Okay. So I'm frozen. All right. Let me see. Let me see how many bars. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let me check the bars real quick. I got two bars. Uh-oh. There we go. How about now? Is it is it coming in through? Is it coming through clearly? Can you hear me, brother? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yep. Okay. Yeah, there's a slight delay. It, it's okay. It'll fix it on the other end. But once it once it once it finishes. But um, so um, say again, Zoe. Oh. So. So yeah. Um. <clears throat> why don't you tell us about your your fitness adventure, bro? Yeah, man. I mean, it's been a <laughs> similar to the Christian journey. It's been a long journey. Um, I I right now I'm sitting at maybe two thirty two. And I used to be 340. Wow. So I used to be close to close to 350, close to 400 pounds, man. And um, this was back in 2010, mm -hmm. around there, where you just it came from lack of knowledge. You just didn't right. know certain things. I mean, growing up in Jamaica, you didn't really think through calories and carbs and all that stuff. Right. And when you're younger, you're not thinking about that. You're just eating McDonald's. I mean, I think my wife told me I used to eat McDonald's like three, four times a day. Because you're just like, oh, it's a meal. It's just a meal. I'm just eating. But right. then you didn't really think about how many calories you need or what. And so I got into um, bodybuilding or just lifting weights because my uncle, when I was younger, I, I met my uncle and he was like jacked. He was jacked. He was huge. I met him in Jamaica, and I was think I was like maybe <clears throat> 14 at the time, and uh, he showed me how to lift weights, because he used to live in, 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 in uh, England and in London, and he showed me how to lift weights with like cinder blocks, <laughs> cinder blocks that we had in the backyard. He showed me how to do bicep curls and all these different uh, movements using these cinder blocks and using household equipments, and Ever since I met him, I've always had this image in my head of what I wanted to look like. And so I've always been into like weightlifting and stuff like that, but I never understood the nutrition side of it. And so because I didn't understand the nutrition side, I, I got up to like 340, 350, uh, 340 pounds and was there for a long time. Um, yeah, and I think one of the things that kind of catal the catalyst that kind of started me on my, my weight loss journey was um because I'm in the I'm in the fitness not the fitness sorry I'm in the uh, the medical field. We were in the hospitals. We were messing around with uh, blood pressure machines, the nurses and the X-ray techs. We were just messing around, taking each other's uh, blood pressure, and they took my blood pressure, and all the laughing stopped. Like everyone was like, "Whoa, bro! Like are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, why? What's up?" He's like, "Your blood pressure is really really high." He's like, "Usually we admit people with this blood pressure." And that kind of like was like a wake up call, like, man, I gotta gotta start doing something to get my life in order. And so I think since then it started 
where you know you just try to figure out what to do and especially in the beginning when you don't know so you try everything you try vegan you try all these things so i tried every single diet until i just came to realize like yeah it really is about knowing how many calories your body needs eating within the, that calorie range not restricting too much from any food group and just eating for to fuel your body not eating just for pleasure all the time but eating to fuel your body and yeah man i'm over time, dropped over a hundred pounds. Wow! I'm um, really got into to, to exercising, so I do a lot of running. Um, I do I do rucking. I know your your podcast is called Ruck Thoughts, yep. so I do I do a lot of rucking. I bought a thirty pound Go Ruck backpack. Um, I do that. I've, I've ran a half marathon, ran a fifteen k. Um, just continue to run. I just finished uh, 75 hard, actually. Yeah, and, I saw that. And during that time, I ran over 200 miles. And so, wow, yeah, it's really just getting getting your body moving, eating the right foods for your body to drop the weight that it needs to drop. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, my, my grandmother just celebrated 100 years, like 100 years. Yeah, man, tell and us about that. And my bro. other grandmother, she's going to be 90 this year, and they're wow. not like – old decrepit they're up walking dancing doing all kind of stuff i know and so longevity is the name of the game you know um i used to be really into like getting big and body lifting but i realized yeah being big is overrated man <laughs> like it really is overweight overrated um your body doesn't need to carry that much mass in fact there's a strain on your heart there's a strain on your joints and your muscles and so I just want to get to the right weight for my body, for my genetics. Um, it's funny because um, I'm trying to get down to maybe like 12 or 15 percent body fat. Like I'm still kind of high now, even though I'm, I'm, I'm like around 24, maybe 24 percent. And they're saying that if I need, if I want to get down to like 15, I might be at like 190, 180. And I'm like, I don't like the sound of being under 200 pounds. <laughs> But if that's, if that's where I need to be for my body, then that's probably what I need to do. Exactly. But um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's a continuing journey. It's, it's not something that is going to happen like overnight. It's something sure. that you have to dedicate your life to, where it's like I'm dedicating my life to being healthy. Um, my dad has a saying. My dad's really into health and fitness. So he rides a bike. He does like a road biking. And every... Every week, I think he rides over 50, no, like over 100 miles every week. And for his birthday, every year on his birthday, he rides 100 miles that day. Wow. So he's he's a cyclist. And, yeah, his motto is, I want to be happy, holy, and healthy. That's his motto. And so I've kind of adopted that as my motto also. Is I want to be happy, holy, and healthy. And so it's the, the, the whole thing, emotional health, spiritual health, and physical health. You know, when you, when, you, when you pursue those, then you'll be able to have that longevity of life. Bro, I mean, I'm going to adopt I, that, I really too. believe that living a healthy lifestyle. What's that? I'm going to adopt that, too. Happy, holy, Yeah, yeah, man, healthy, do bro. it, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I started a business of, of health coaching, and that's the name of my business. It's uh, 3H Lifestyle. Nice. So it's happy, holy, and healthy. And it really is about that mindset of being happy, being emotionally healthy or mentally healthy, spiritually healthy, and physically healthy. I really believe that health, especially physical health and emotional health, 
is a reflection of how good God is. Amen. And so the Bible tells us that our body is a reflection, that we are made in the image of God, that when people look at us, they should be able to look at us to give God glory. I believe that your body is also one of those reflections of how good God is. Yeah. That you want people to look at you and give glory to God. I mean, yeah. it's not a, it's not an ego thing. It's not yeah. a, a uh, what's it called? Like, some kind of, yeah, it's not about your ego. It's not about your self-esteem. It really is about living a life that reflects the goodness of God. Amen. And I think fitness and health is one of the ways that we do that. I mean, it's really unfortunate, but, and it's not to judge a book by the cover, but something feels off when you're watching a pastor talk about the Holy Spirit giving you self-control, but the pastor himself is out of shape. Yeah. There's something off about that. You know what I mean? And it's, of course, the, the outward appearance doesn't reflect inwardly, but sometimes it does. They say that your body is a reflection of your secret habits. Mm -hmm. So whatever you look like on the outside reveals how you live in private. Yeah. It reveals the foods you eat. It reveals yep. how you exercise. Yep. And so if you have this guy on stage now trying to tell you how you should live, but you can see from his or her body that they're not even taking their advice, it kind of it, it diminishes what they're saying a little bit. Yeah. Now, of course, they're, they're, that shouldn't be the, the that shouldn't be everything. Of course not. For sure. But when you see an unhealthy doctor and the unhealthy doctor is telling you what to live, sometimes it, it kind of puts salt in what he's saying. You're yeah. like, ah, bro, you don't even follow what you're saying. Yeah. So I, I believe that physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, that Jesus came to save us and to save us holistically. That's right. Like he came to save us from bad habits. Mm -hmm. Came to save us from, from uh, overindulgence. He came to save us from things that, that deteriorate our bodies. Yeah. Also save us from hell. So the, 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 the salvation of God is holistic. Yep. You know, it's a holistic salvation. And I think we neglect some of the important parts of the salvation when we neglect our bodies. You know what I mean? And so, um, I mean, the, the Bible tells us over and over again that we have an enemy that is going to seek, kill, and destroy. And he's not just stopping at the spiritual level like he's attacking the physical level he's attacking your fitness yeah. he, the, the fact that people's lives can be reduced or their lifespan can be shortened by their fitness and their eating habits the enemy's trying to take away your impact yeah. by the types of food you eat by your health and so yeah man I've, I've been convinced man that physical health is one of those aspects that enables you to complete the mission of god in a more effective way that like there's there's no doubt about that. That exactly. if you're physically healthy, you're able to now live a life and to now accomplish the mission of God more effectively. Like there's a lot of pastors who shouldn't have died that early, but the reason that they passed away is because of their health. Right. And the Bible tells us that God is going to judge everyone for what they've done in their bodies. In their bodies. That's in Second Corinthians. And so yeah, it's more than just sexual immorality. Yep. It's also overindulgence in food. Yeah. It's also what you've watched, like what you've done with the body that God has given you, everything that you will be judged for. Yeah. And he doesn't say that. I think we're so afraid of the word judgment nowadays that anytime we hear the word judge, we think it's a bad thing. But in Second Corinthians, it says you'll be judged for what you do in your body, whether good or bad. So that means that there are good things you can do with your body that God will be like, good job, bro. Like yeah. you did a really good job with the body I gave you. Yeah. And that's what I want to hear. That well and done, my faithful, my good and faithful servant, yeah. for all things, 
the way I handled evangelism, the way I disciple people, the way I gave my, my, my charity, the way I handled my body, every, every aspect I want God to go down the list and say, well done, well done, well, well done. You did really well with every aspect, including my health and my fitness. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the message I'm, I'm trying to share with a lot of people that are, you know, interested in health and fitness that, yeah, health, 3H, that 3H lifestyle is not just about how you look on the outside. It really is fitness and, and physical health is really a spiritual thing. It really is a spiritual uh, a truth that it, it, it's all connected. We're, we're, we're not just body, but we're body and soul, body and spirit. We're, in, we're, we're bodies, we're embodied souls. And so you can't separate the two. Your body is a reflection of the eternal father and your soul is a reflection of the eternal father. Yeah. And if my body is a reflection of God, and if my body is, as the Bible says, a temple of God, then I'm going to take care of it. You know, I'm going to do my best to take care of it. Even though I messed up in the past, yeah. then I now know. And as the Bible says, now that you know, you do, you do exactly. now that you know. And so, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's my, that's my mission, man. That's my, that's my motto. Three <laughs> H happy, holy, and healthy. Amen. And, you know, it's it's like what God wants for us is not misery. And people often think that, like, oh, you know, if I if I surrender to Christ or if I if I if I, you know, just align myself completely, completely with God's will, it's, it's going to suck. No, God wants joy for us in his presence. There is fullness of joy at his right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. So when it comes to health and when it comes to like happiness and, and holiness, it's it's a life of joy. It's a yes. There's suffering. Yes. There's there's pain. There's there's a there's discipline, and there's yeah. in this life we're gonna have that. But it, it's not. I don't think it's God uh, causing us to suffer. I don't think it's God Himself like saying I'm gonna punish you. I'm gonna no. I I think that in this life, just like Jesus suffered when He lived on this earth. We're going to suffer too. But guess what? Yeah. It's a life of joy. You couldn't stop Jesus' joy. You couldn't stop his, his, his holiness. You couldn't stop his happiness. You couldn't stop mm-hmm. his health, you know? Yeah. So, you know, like um, when he was here on earth and now forever, he's happy, holy, and healthy, you know? So, yeah, exactly. Um, like, um, and so when I see Jesus living on earth in the, in the scriptures, he was a hardworking man. You know, and um, he he was healthy. He 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 did. You know, all the things you're talking about is what Christ um, did on in his body on earth <clears throat> when yeah. he was here on earth. And he didn't um, he didn't live self indulgently. He didn't live unhealthily. He he didn't yeah. shrink back from hard work. I'm pretty sure, like when you looked at Christ, he looked like a like a human weapon. You know, he was he was a machine. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty and his sure. disciples too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, man, my shirt says discipline equals freedom. Yep. And Amen. what it what it means is like, yeah, you put in that sacrifice, that hard work, that discipline, so that you can have the freedom to do the things that bring you joy. Yep. And so, man, one of the things that I a potential client said to me because I didn't I didn't get them as a client, but we spoke, we had a, a preliminary uh, discussion. And one of the things they said to me is like, man, I when I go to SeaWorld or when I go to Disney, I want to be one of those parents that can actually walk the entire time with my kids. Amen. Like that was the, that's their that's their desire. That's joy. 
Yeah. That's that's happiness. Yeah. But in order to get to that joy and to that happiness, you have to discipline yourself with the foods that you eat. Yep. Discipline yourselves with your exercise so that you can have the joy. That's right. I think so many times we go after the temporary, immediate joy yep. and it's fake joy. The temporary, immediate gratification of the donut and the food. Yep. But then that now leads to you being overweight. Yep. That leads to you can't now, you can't actually walk with your kids. Yep. You can't actually have true joy. Yep. I mean, last, well, no, April this year, my kids and I, we just ran a 5K. All four of us, my whole family ran a 5K together. Wow. And people on the comments, they were like, wow, man, I would love to do that with my kids. I would love to do that with my family. It takes discipline. It takes discipline. I mean, we we train for maybe six to seven weeks of discipline, three times a week. This is what we're going to do. We're going to run. We incrementally increase the running pace or the running time. And so that when it's time to run a 5K, we can run it nonstop. And we trained the entire time. And we ran the 5K nonstop. Wow. So much so that my girls came second in their age group. And we didn't even plan to do that. That wasn't, that was, we didn't plan to, to, to place. We didn't plan to, to do that well. We just wanted to be able to run the entire time. But the training enabled them to run so fast that they came second in their class. Oh, wow. And that's joy. You know, that's yeah. happiness. But it took discipline. It took, it took hard work. It yeah. took sacrifice in the beginning. Yeah. And I think many people, especially when it comes to fitness and health, they equate immediate, immediate satisfaction, immediate gratification to joy. When in fact, no, I, what joy is, is when I saw my grandmother at 100 years old being able to still dance and move because she took care of her body in her early ages. Like she was able to invest into her health in her 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, so that right now when she's 100 years old, she's able to walk still, dance still, she can do what she wants to do still at 100. She's not living a life where she's hooked up to tubes and in the hospital. Amen. No, she's living a healthy lifestyle because she invested the discipline early. Amen. So discipline equals freedom. I mean, that's where the joy comes from. The joy comes from putting in the sacrifice in the beginning so that you're able to do the things that you know you want to do later on. And Amen. that's what fitness is really about, man. And your grandma's joy is contagious, bro. Did you just, I mean, that's the, just watching her dance, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's, like, what, man, that's oh another aspect of it, too. <laughs> that, that's another aspect of it, too, is that your joy can now be transferred to other people. Yeah. Where they see the joy that you have. They see the health that you have. And they want that. Like, they want that. And then you're able to now share that with other people and to, to give them the same hope that you have. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of this life, man. I heard somebody say it, that you cultivate the man you, you admire yeah. so that you can give him away. So you discipline yourself. You become the person that you admire so that you can now teach those lessons to other people. Mm. And, and that's, the, that's the goal in all aspects. You know, yeah. there's health, marriage. Uh, discipleship, your Christian walk, you develop the character, you develop the marriage, you develop the Christian habits that you admire and that God has called you to develop so that you can now share them with other people and bring them up to where you are. Yeah, like that, that's, a, that's exactly what, uh, what Lee and, 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 uh, and Damien and all them, Leah, Stacy and Damien and Cheryl and all them, they're, they're, they keep, uh, they keep uh, harping on uh, being a disciple worth multiplying. You know? Yeah, yeah, 
Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that's what I, that's what what my goal is to become a disciple worth multiplying. You know, one of my mm. goals. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's the that's the goal, man. That's the goal. Yeah. So the thing is, Paul just said that Paul said, "Follow me as I follow Christ." Amen. My dad, my dad recently, uh, not too long ago, uh, reminded me of that 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 that's just something that stuck in my mind ever since. Um, mm. You know, you know, follow me as I follow Christ, or imitate me as I imitate Christ. Um, yeah. And that's interesting because I'm gonna open up a can of worms now, but you know, we we have the freedom to uh, you know to to disagree, and and that's awesome. Um, Christ was a uh, Christ and the apostles were Torah keeping, <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. oftentimes today in the modern church, we shy away from the Old Testament. Oh, no, that, that's for then. You know, that was that was before. And now we're now we don't have to follow the Old Testament because that was before the apostles are, you know, new covenant. You know, bro, the apostles were Jewish. Yeah. Oh, hold on. That's Apple Maps. You on Google Maps? Okay, I'll, I'll put forth the subtle. One second, brother. Hold that thought. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> put that here. Google Maps. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to open up Diane's message. Where is she? Oh, she didn't send you a message there. She sent Facebook? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Start. I'm going to end this one at root and then go to Apple Map. I mean, Google Maps. There we go. There you go. So they were um, they were thoroughly Jewish, Jesus and the apostles. Mm -hmm. He's still Jewish. They're still Jewish. You know, um, they they kept they they kept Shabbat. They, they were kosher. They kept the feast. They were they were going to the temple, uh, the synagogue. They were uh, they were doing sacrifices even after Christ died. Uh, resurrected and ascended and sent the Holy Spirit, they were still going to the synagogue. They were still sacrificing up until the destruction of the temple or destruction, yeah, destruction of the uh, of, 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 of Herod's temple. So it's just interesting that nowadays, I mean, there are still movements like the Messianic movement and, you know, Adventists and others and that, that still um, keep kosher and whatnot and, and, um, and still... Uh, do some of those things, but even the messianic movements of today don't keep all of it. Um, you know, it's just interesting. If I think if the apostles were here today and they would see the modern church, they would be like, "What is this?" You know, like I don't think they would understand what's going on. But the Holy Spirit is still working with us, and He's He's so patient and He's so gracious that even though we're you know screwed up worse than a football bat he's still working with us he hasn't left us he's he that's that's god's character that's god's nature he is love he is he is father he, he's not going to abandon us so even though we're not getting it right in all kinds of areas especially in health bro mm -hmm. he's working with us he's he's uh he's um he's patient he's, oh, yeah, yeah. and and he, he's going to be with us until the end of the age until christ returns so you know it's like we you know anyway all that to say that um you know the lifestyle back then, it was it was exactly what you're talking about. It was rigorous. It was healthy. It was um, they weren't. I don't think they had the liberty to eat Krispy Kreme back then, you know. And like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think they had that luxury, you know. Um, 
and there yeah. were there were there were like nobles and, and and princes and people with money that probably were a little overweight if they if they overate and stuff like that but that was not the common experience of the average person back then you know the average person didn't have that luxury and they were like if you go to like in, in our hometown in the philippines bro they're 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 eating like herbs and, and stuff from the ground bro and they're growing their own crops they're super healthy bro they're living to 100 plus so going yeah. and you know I, I know and here's the thing though the sad thing is is that yeah. when people in the philippines do get do, do start making extra cash or they, they get wealthy oftentimes they get unhealthy you know they, they they adopt a more western um diet a western lifestyle bro it's 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 sad so, you know, I think I think the when we connect with um, when we connect with that ancient uh, practice of eating of just of, of eating organic, of eating healthy, living outdoors, uh, doing hard things, I think that's where the, yeah, that's where we're yeah. gonna find yeah, more it's joy. It's almost like you know? you can... I'm sorry. It's, uh, it, there's a delay. Can you hear me, brother? Yeah, there's a delay. Hey, brother. Yeah, hey. I can hear you. Can you hear okay. me? Yeah, there's there's just a delay. It's a lag. It's like um, maybe a 10 second lag. So if I say something, you're gonna hear me 10 seconds later. <laughs> hmm. So can you hear me now? Hello? Yes, now I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, sorry, we hit a, a little. We're on the bridge right now, so the the internet's kind of in and out. Um, but um, no. So what are your thoughts on that, man? Like, um, you know, just they were they were Jewish, you know, and they and they and that that was that was that was Christianity to them, you know. They, they didn't have the New Testament written yet. They were writing the New Testament. And, you know, their lifestyle was very, like, you know, it was it was like they were living in, they, they were living with, they were outdoors, bro. You know, I mean, they, they were in nature. They were not, I don't think they, they were living anything remotely close to what, the way we're living nowadays, you know. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? I, I agree. I mean, they're, they weren't living, I think right now the, average modern human lives better than the majority of kings and queens back in the day right i really believe that i mean we have entertainment like at the tip of our fingers think about what it would take for somebody to hear music back then you'd have to go to a person who was a professional musician to hear that kings and queens had that on like on, on reserve they'd call the jester they'd call the musician into their quarters play this for me we have that access right now with Spotify and all these different things and TV. We can see all these shows and plays and all these different things so fast. We can get high fatty foods. Like, it's very hard to get high fat, high carb foods in nature. Very, very difficult. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that has to be manufactured. Like, the, the, the high fruit, I mean, the high, the high sugar foods that you have now are fruits. Right. Um, there's vegetables and there's meat. In order to now create something where you have high fat and high carb and high calorie, that has to be manufactured. 
And so you have to have chefs and pastries and all these different things, which back then the average person could not get. I mean, <laughs> think about what Jesus ate after he rose from the dead. Yeah. He ate broiled fish. Right. <laughs> like, that's the most boring meal ever. But that, that's what was available. But nowadays, man, we have access to such calorie-dense food that, man, it would make people back then go crazy. And so that's why a lot of times people say that obesity is not really, like, the, it's not really the person's fault. And there's truth to both sides. There's truth that, look, it, the foods that we're making right now are so hyper-palatable and so high-calorie that without any knowledge, just simply indulging in them or even eating them regularly creates obesity. That is true. But then also there's so much information out there that everyone should now know this if they really want to know it. So there's this, there's this dichotomy where, yes, it is the environment that we live, but it's also the fact that we have all the knowledge available to us so that if you're really trying to lose weight, you're not able to do so. Yeah. But, yeah, like you said, we, man, like we, we're, right now we're living in an age where most people, most kings and queens never even dreamed of living in this level of comfort and ease that we're living in now. And so it makes, and that's why, man... <laughs> It's going to sound conspiracy theoristy, but like the scripture says, our enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that technology is bad or comfort is bad, but the overindulgence of comfort and technology, I think the enemy can use it to actually steal our life, to destroy our health, and to kill our bodies. Like, there's a way that this is happening. And, I mean... You can just look at the people now. Like it says that it's almost going to be 50% uh, obesity rate. It's almost going to be 50% in America soon. That's crazy. That's fifth, half of the population. And it's because no one goes outside. It's because no one's watching what they're eating. Everyone is trying to get those processed foods. If we were to stick to foods... No, we that don't, but we can get some at the, at the Walgreens. Sorry, brother. My wife just asked no, me if, if we got sunscreen. Uh, yeah, they probably got sunscreen. We forgot the sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have that problem. <laughs> so good, Zoe. Sorry. My wife, uh, my, my my daughter is also chiming in too, and now I, she's back there in the, she's joining the conversation too. But you can't hear it because I got my um, noise cancellation in the headphones. But um, yeah. Um, so you were saying like the comfort and and. Um, you know, the obesity yeah, rate, 50%. It's, it's possible that, yeah, it's possible that overindulgence and comfort will actually destroy you. There's this book I'm reading. I've read it probably two or three times called The Comfort Crisis. Yeah, Michael Easter. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. And man, like, yeah, it talks about how calorie, calorie restriction is one of the indications of longevity. So uh, not eating as much, fasting a few times, yep. how boredom. Boredom is like one of the best ways to uh, bring about creativity. We, nobody gets bored anymore. Yep. Everyone has their iPads, their phones. Their, so no one actually gets bored anymore, which now stunts creativity and thinking. Uh, no one walks anymore. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's scary to think because, man, when I was in Jamaica, we would walk to school. And I think my school was maybe three miles away from the house. But you would walk every single day. Every day you would walk to school, to and from school. So that's six miles of walking every day as a... Yeah. Yeah, man. And so nobody walks anymore. Nobody 
Nobody does anything physical anymore. I mean, there's this video I saw the other day of a lady that fell and she couldn't get up. And, like, the video was kind of scary because you see she was pushing a stroller. And she fell and the stroller was moving away from her going into traffic. Like, oncoming traffic. And she was trying her best to stand up and she couldn't stand up. Because she was overweight or maybe something was going on with her knees. But thankfully, like, a, a person saw it, a man saw it, ran and, and grabbed the stroller before it went into traffic. And so we're in a society now where, man, like, it's, it's unfortunate, but nobody needs to do anything physical. And because you don't need to do it, most people don't do it. Yeah. And then they look down on people who do do it and saying that they're, you know, that they're just vain or self-indulgent or, or whatever. fanatics or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, man. Like this is how we, this is how we should be. This is what we should be doing. It's what we've been doing for millennia up until a few hundred years. For the last yeah, two hundred years yeah. or whatever. And not even a few hundred years. Like probably not even like, like the last seventy years. Yeah. Really. Like yeah, you're if right. you think about like, like back then, like even when my grandmother. You know what I mean? Was alive. Yeah. Even my dad when he was young. Like even my, but my, I mean, my my family was born in Jamaica. But even thinking about my my wife's family, like they're straight up Americans through and through. Right. And even back then, they're walking to school. Right. They're not eating as much. You're not what, you know? It's just the last fifty, sixty years, man. We've moved to this crazy end of the spectrum, where obesity is normal and working out and and keeping fit is abnormal. And yeah, it's yeah, it, it's 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 a, it's a trick and it's a ploy from the enemy to shorten our lifespan, to get us away from God. I mean, I really think fitness is one of those things that brings us closer to God. It does. Yeah, bro. Like like the title of uh, I mean the, the the name of the show, Ruck Thoughts. I, I get that from just every time if I, if like when my thing I I have ADHD really bad, so I can't just sit there and getting the word by sitting still and bro my mind will just go everywhere that's just the way it is so in order to distract my mind i do something physical mm. so i go out there and i ruck I, or, or run and i would i would do it for at least an hour and um spend that time just i have i have my my headphones in listening to the word um hearing scripture in my ears and and after i listen to a a portion of scripture then i got the psalms that i'm listening to and i'm praying those psalms and as i'm listening to bro that's so transformational bro the communion with god and and just how it sticks in your brain you know and and it and it helps you remember yeah. and it shapes the way you think it shapes the way you live um you know so getting my thoughts from god not from somewhere else you know and and doing so while i'm while i'm walking while i'm while i'm carrying weight on my back while i'm while i'm challenging myself well, I'm distracting my brain so I can actually hear God. Um, I think that that you know that's that's just a small example of something someone can do to stay healthier physically and spiritually. You know, get out yeah. in nature, go out there, go go find some nice trails, go go to like a beach or a forest or somewhere and or or, or, or a, a path and just walk, get alone with God and hear hear what he has to say. You know, and and learn from him, and enjoy. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's in that book, um, the Comfort Crisis. He was talking about uh, fractals. I think they're called fractals or fractals, where 
in nature, there are certain patterns in the trees, certain patterns in the leaves, patterns that you see. And these patterns actually trigger something in the brain to be more creative, to be more open to certain things. And I believe that God created, I mean, look, when you think about how Adam and Eve met God, they met God in the garden, in, yeah. the, in, the, in the nature. There's something about being outside, being in nature, that actually now enables you to be in a more receptive state, yes. to hear what God is saying, to be with God, to, to, to be around him. And I think we lose so much when we stay inside, when we're yeah. trying to be comfortable, when we're around all these sterilized modern things. Now, like I said, it's not bad, but I think there's a reason why Jesus, when he was on this earth, he went out into with the wilderness, into yep. nature yep. to pray. Elijah, the same thing. Moses, the same thing. Like everybody, when they met with God, it was outside in the nature, in the wilderness, in yep. some kind of natural setting. The because there's something about, yeah, yeah. There's something about how God created the, the, the nature to be able to now open the door for you to be with him even more. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe it, man. I believe it. Amen. Amen. And um, um, one thing about that, like, I just want to share a quick story. I, um, when we were living in, in the Philippines, I would oftentimes go for a run or a ruck out in the hills and uh, these are these are not just like small hills. These are like small mountains, you know. And they, they go up. The elevation gain is, is amazing, and the, just the beauty and the silence and the the reverence that nature has for God while you're out there, you know, bro. Nature is worshiping God. Nature is like quiet before God. And um, mm. oh, we will Zoe. And um, so. I was, I was, this one, this one will stick in my memory for, for the rest of my life, I'm sure. I was out there and I went for, I think it was a, yeah, it was a hike and I would go to the, our, our, our friends used to work for a rich person who owned some property on top of a mountain and they had this amazing oh, wow. view. You could see the ocean, the forest, the jungles, the trails, the hills, everything, bro. So it was, it was a beautiful view and, um. Osmeña, right? Yeah, that's the, 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 the rich person's name, Osmeña. He owned this property in the Philippines, and um, our friends would take care of it. I would go there sometimes when, when I would have anxiety or whatever, and I would just go there mm -hmm. just to get alone with God. And, um, and just, to, just to, like, maybe I, I, would, I would hear some podcasts or whatever. I would listen to podcasts. I would listen to, um, like, biblical studies uh, podcasts, like on-script podcasts and stuff up there but one uh, this one in time in particular i'm going up there to listen to uh on script podcast quietly right by myself so i can he hear the word and just meditate on the word and it's just amazing and it's so funny how i get up there and it's so beautiful and so quiet and so serene and the area is just so reverent and the nature is just so the, the quietness is so loud bro it, mm. that's how quiet it is and and you can just hear the ocean you know the waves crashing and, and from a distance and you can hear the the wind um uh, working its way through the leaves of, of the trees and everything and i'm listening to this podcast as i'm doing that and i'm like what am i doing it feels like i'm interrupting uh nature's worship session so i just turn mm. off the podcast and i i turn it off for a second and i'm just listening and it's just it's like, it's, 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 it's gripping and it's just, 
you can feel the the worship to God from from the surroundings and everything. But because I'm so hard headed, I turn the podcast <laughs> I turn the podcast back on and I keep listening to the podcast. But uh, I should have just shut up and I should have just enjoyed that moment. But I will never forget it that brief moment because and and there were other times where I would go hiking up in the hills and stuff like that, and just that's what God wants. He wants us to get completely alone with Him because sometimes He just He needs to talk to us one on one and away from all the distractions and and it's it's all integrated fitness uh um you know our our spiritual health everything it's it's all combined because we're we're one you know we're we're not we're not separate beings you know we're we're one being with a body that has the life breath from god and the and the uh adama the 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 ground you know so we're we're a mixture of god's breath and the adama so we're we're composite we're not just we're not just like all physical or all spiritual. So um, it's important to realize that when we're living in this life, it's it all everything affects everything. And that's something yeah. I learned from uh, the VA Whole Health Program. Um, is uh, we were we were going through that, and they were talking about how everything affects everything. Every single aspect of your life affects everything else. So I, yeah. and they're 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 trying to get at a, a spiritual a more spiritual perspective. I applaud them for that. You know, they're not—they're not quite at a, at the gospel yet, but at least they're—they're they're trying to get somewhere away from just completely materialistic, secularistic. Um, you know, that this is all there is kind of mindset. Um, so, um, yeah, going back to that, man, health, um, the you know the, the happiness, the healthiness, the holiness—it's it, all—it's all one. Um, it's all—it's all one uh, reality that that in, interplays and, and inter, interconnects. Yeah, yeah, we definitely does. Yeah. So, um, bro, is there anything else you want to share? Any any burden? Any anything that you think people just need to hear before before we uh, finish up our call? Ah, uh, anything? Any any uh, any final words? I'll I'll give you the floor, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. <clears throat> one of the things I'm processing from being at my grandmother's hundredth birthday is how important it is to give your life away. There's a verse in the Bible where Jesus says, if you want to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life, you'll save it. And basically what it means is that if you give your life away for the pursuit of what God wants, that's where true life can be found. And so often, I think we try to save our lives, meaning that we try to do things for ourselves. I want to watch this. I want, I want to entertain myself. I want to do this because I want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy my life. When God is saying, if you give your life to me and you give your life away, that's where true life can be found. Uh, one of the things that happened at my grandmother's 100th birthday celebration was we found out that she helped raise like at least 10 to 15 people. So she has five kids, uh, six kids, but um, she was also one of those people that just took kids into her home and actually raised them. And so they asked her, if there's anyone here that has been raised by her, just go ahead and stand up. And about 15 people stood up and they it made me realize, like, wow, she gave her life to actually helping others, loving others, um, giving herself away. And this now led to 
a hundred years later, like people who have been influenced, transformed, and benefiting from what she did back then. And it just showed me like, yeah, your life, if you try to hoard it, if you try to keep your life for yourself and do things for yourself, that really is a waste. And you're really losing your life in trying to preserve it. But if you want to make a true impact, if you want to actually uh, do something in the world, it happens when you now, as, uh, as I think it was Jesus that says, take no thought of your life. Yeah. When you take no thought of your own life, but you live in pursuit of the kingdom of God, which is being reconciled to God and reconciling other people to God and reconciling other people to each other. Like if you, if that's your pursuit getting to know God more, pursuing God, pursuing a relationship with him, bringing other people into a relationship with God, and then also bridging the gap between people, showing them how to love each other. That's where, man, true life can be found. And I think that's where we have to give and put all our energy into. Just put our energy into that. And I think that's what seeking the kingdom is. That's why Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Your primary purpose, your primary purpose on this earth is to seek after expanding the kingdom of And he says, if you do that, I'll take care of everything else. So, yeah, I just want to leave people with that thought, man. Like that is that should be the main goal of everyone. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be a pastor. It doesn't mean that you have to you know, be uh, some kind of social worker. But in every area of your life, it is possible to seek after the kingdom of God. Amen. In every area, in any position, in any profession, you're able to now seek after knowing God. You're able to now seek after reconciling people to God. And you're able to now reconcile people to each other. And I believe that's the kingdom of God. And if you seek after that primarily... The Bible tells us that God will take care of everything that you need. So, yeah, that's what, I just want to leave people with that, man. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added onto you. Bro, thank you for that. And um, with that, I want to just thank everybody who's been listening to this conversation uh, for you know joining us on this uh, little adventure. Bro, Luke, I, I, I pray the best. I've been praying for you and your family um, every day, and... Just, uh, just want to tell you guys, just, um, you know, keep, keep on walking with him, man. Keep on doing what he's called you to do, and um, just every single day, man. Just uh, when you wake up, man, just, just realize how blessed you guys are, and you know what, what God is giving you every day, and man, just, um, and just know that you have family here in Zephyr Hills. If you guys ever want to stop by, we'll throw down some Filipino food, bro, and some Puerto Rican food. <laughs> My wife has a lot of Filipinos in her family, so we love lumpia. They love lumpia. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, bro. Um, just uh, whenever you guys are down here, just let me know so we can get together and, and we'll definitely uh, we can go to the beach and have some fun, man. Oh, that would be awesome, brother. Thank you for having me on, man. Bro, it was awesome, man. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you take right, care. God bless. You too. Send our greetings to Crystal and the kids, man. Will do. Have fun at the beach, brother. Will do. All right, bro. All right, bud. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.